I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Chase Tolleson. Chase is a life and fitness coach. He helps men become the person who lives their dreams. Um, Chase, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Let me, let me start by saying that. Jason, thanks for having me. I, I'm very glad that Austin made the connection. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, me too. As I mentioned, um, I, these mindset talks, I, I know that that you're uh, going to kind of probably blow my mind here. So I'm, I'm really excited about this one. I'm looking forward to it. But um, why don't you just start by giving us a, a, your background, kind of, you know, where you came from and, and uh, what you're up to today? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. So background, when I was four years old, my dad had a weight bench in his bedroom. Fitness, uh, lifting weights, uh, going for bike rides was a thing growing up. Like I stayed moving. Uh, my pastime was riding around the neighborhood uh, with no handlebars and listening to music when I was a kid. I like to move. I like to be moving. Even to this day, if I'm at a party or a get together, I'd rather be playing, you know, throwing a Frisbee or uh, playing bags than doing something else. That being said, that translated into when I was 12 and 13, I was very, very skinny, like stick thin with a size eight head. So I had some proportions to make up for. So I started lifting weights that went through high school. I, I succeeded in adding some muscle as a 16, 17 year old. I had little direction though. And that was due in part to the fact that my dad was a second generation United pilot. I was supposed to be a third generation until nine 11 happened in eighth grade. And the cash wasn't there uh, for me to take flight lessons and I fell out of love with that industry, uh, with how their contracts changed and what the airlines started doing. So fast forward to college days. I didn't go to college. I, I tried. And by try, I mean, I signed up at a 0.742. So I didn't really try. Um, and then I went into the Navy for four years from age 21 to 25. I grew extremely disenfranchised with a broken leadership system. Uh, I had went in trying to be a Navy SEAL. I got told before I went in that I could get a SEAL contract. So I sold my car to pay for LASIK surgery. I ran and I swimmed. I paid four grand out of pocket for LASIK in 2009. And I was ready. And I go up to contract in. And January 26, 2010, they tell me, sorry, new instruction, a new rule change was sent out on the 21st. Your misdemeanor arrest for a possession charge when you're 18 is no longer waverable. So you can't get a SEAL contract. I mean, even if you get the contract, there's still only about a 30% chance you get through and become it. I, they shot me down there. My second cousin at the time was working missile defense at the Pentagon, rubbing elbows with admirals. He's a retired Air Force officer. He handed my package to the deputy chief of naval personnel. And he said, sorry, don't believe his story. Can't help him. So at this point, I have a big old chip on my shoulder. I'm angry. I say, get me out of town as fast as possible. Fast was nine days. And I'm leaving and I'm turning wrenches in an engine room, which was extremely fast because this was 2010. And fast back then would have been like two months. And they say, you're leaving in nine days. You're an engine man. So went into the Navy, thought I was going to go try and be a SEAL there. My command goes, sorry, you're too good at what you do. So... We're going to keep you. Even if they say you're good enough to go, we get to override that and keep you here. Um, I did go be a rescue swimmer while I was th there for my command. I went through that school. Um, and I actually, I had issues with my ears in the pool in that school. So it may have been a good thing. I ended up not going to buds. Uh, I was the assistant command fitness leader. And then I got out of the Navy, opened up a CrossFit gym. I'm like, I'm going to change lives. I started getting people in shape. I'm like, this is cool, 
these people are still really unhappy. They're bitching about their life, even though they're coming in here working out. And to be honest, I was still bitching about my life. And I opened up the gym in 2014 and there was a slow burn to starting to go from performance and trying to compete to truly taking care of individuals. 2018, I, I really, I went through a course that really got me falling in love with honoring the individual, uh, seeing where they came from with their journey and understanding their lenses and more mindset stuff. I started a blog. Some of my clients told me I should do life coaching. I had that old soul air about me, if you will. I was uh, going on 30 years old. And as that transition happened, you know, we fast forward a couple of years and we get into COVID and we'd started a podcast for the gym to keep the members engaged. And one of the guests that came on the podcast ran this mindset certification focusing around language. I do believe you had uh, Dave Robinson on. Yeah. And that's the Enlifted community. And that one blew it wide open for me because the stories and the words are the foundation of everything. And I took that now with what I do and I started going online and I combined the words with the fitness and I started helping guys there. And I had guys who I had a guy who I was in the Navy with work for me, work with me for 12 weeks. And we went in and we worked on his fitness. When I was on the ship, this guy didn't work out. When I got off the ship, he didn't work out. He worked out when we started working together. And then a year after we got done working together, he was still working out because we got him out of his own way. He also had a better relationship with his son who was in Guam while he was in uh, the United States. He had a better relationship with his father, better relationship with his uh, son's mother. So it, it's all encompassing. And fast forward to 2021, uh, came out of COVID as much as we could come out with the way that things were impacted. Uh, the gym was, I was burning out. I was less in love with it each day because brick and mortar fitness wasn't really changing lives. It was giving people a place to run away from. They wanted to come in break a sweat and go home. They didn't want to do the work that matters. I get that. Um, and to be completely fair, I was likely in my own way a bit there trying to force it on them. Um, I've been talking for a while about shutting the gym down. And then my brother passed away, uh, November 27th, 2021. And he was 27 years old. It happened out of the blue. We, we didn't like, there was no way to see it coming. And Sorry. no, I appreciate that. That being said, or that piece in there to create context around my brother was always great at giving perspective. He was the guy that I bounced things off of. And after he passed away, when they were going through old videos and pictures and stuff to put on the slideshow for his celebration of life, there was uh, an event up at my aunt's lake house in Michigan that I wasn't at because I had a gym to run. Uh, and then at his celebration of life, there were pictures, there was a group picture from his 25th birthday party that I wasn't in because I had an early class to coach the next day. And that was it. I was, you know, nope, Jim's done. And so November 27th, my brother passed away and inside like the next week, I started really making that decision. And then in the last week of December, 2021, I put a video up in the members only Facebook group said, Hey guys, seven and a half years, we're calling it quits. I shut the gym down. I had all the equipment sold by February 1st, got out of my lease 18 months early on March 1st. And I went fully online and that brings us to where we are now. I'm helping guys up-level their fitness, helping men truly find balance between by expressing their full masculine while still leaning into, because having a little bit of understanding of that feminine aspect, if you will, is very valuable. Helping guys find the power that they, they locked away so long ago. That's a lot. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm very sorry about your brother and, and also thank you for your service. Uh, that, that's a, that seems like a couple of lifetimes in a, in a short, short period of time, you're not, you're not uh, very old. So um, I, I've, I very much can relate to that, you know, sort of fitness journey starting early, you know, really, really early in life. And it, 
I don't know. For me, a lot of times it was, it is, it is maybe still. It's, it's the a bit of an escape, like a bit of a. This is a place where I can go and and like push myself, not think about all the other stuff uh, for a period of time at least, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I completely understand how you know that can be both uh, <laughs> helpful and hurtful at times in in terms of you know kind of your your approach to that. So you had, you had several events, obviously, that impacted, you know, your life and how you looked at things. And and then you made the switch to, to kind of go online now, but you're still talking like from in a fitness standpoint, right? Or, or you turned it immediately into, you know, sort of life coaching and fitness as all one thing. How did, how did you make that transition? Uh, The way I describe it is it's fitness with a dash of life coaching and life coaching with a dash of fitness. Um, depending on what the guy needs, that's what they get. Uh, fitness is a great delivery vehicle. It's a great gateway drug to personal development, if you will, uh, where some people get stuck and where I've seen coaches even get stuck is using fitness as an alcoholic uses a bottle of tequila. Is it better for you than the tequila? Sure. It can still be this place that we run to and completely shut off the other 23 hours of our day. We think we're going to just burn off the negative there without addressing it and 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 it's it's rampant and it's a thing and it it's one of the healthier ways to deal with it and it's still not truly dealing with it you know it doesn't realign the stories in our head it doesn't get into our subconscious and rewire the things that create the patterns that build our beliefs that shape our actions that bring our results and to be fair a lot of coaches I was one of them are akin to drunk bartenders. They're reinforcing this. They're feeding everybody that, that escape that runaway, you know? So when we can, where I've went with this is it's fitness. Yes. And it's dealing with our internal stories, rewiring the stuff in our subconscious and learning to flip that perspective, rewire our reticular activating system so that fitness now becomes a place where we can reflect. Yeah. And it's still movement is a big part of any mental health regimen. And when we can turn it into a positive state, as opposed to running off of the negative of the day, it becomes much more reflective than a place to hide. Yeah. And I laugh because I, I, I do it. I do it exactly. I do exactly what you said. Sometimes it's just like, Oh man, I really, I need to, I need to go to the gym. I need to go for a run. I need to do, I need to move because it's a, it's a rough day or it's, you know, it's been, and it, and, and again, I, I, you know, I think as a, you can almost like justify it to yourself and say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not drinking or I'm not, do, I'm not doing something else to escape, but, but yeah, you're hundred percent right. It's like, it still is sometimes an escape. Um, how, so this is going to end up just being me asking you a bunch of questions about me because I was, <laughs> because this is so applicable. Um, how do you, well, let's, let's start at the beginning, a little bit of the beginning. It's like, what are those, you, you mentioned in your bio about, you know, sort of those internal saboteurs, like what are these things do you find that are, that are keeping people from taking control? What are the, you know, limiting beliefs, whatever it is. And I know it's going to be different from, from, for every person, but I imagine you see some maybe common themes or, you know, things that kind of run through uh, a lot of, a lot of the people you coach. I see a trend. And while yes, the underlying stories themselves, the stuff in our subconscious that created this trend can differ from individual to individual. The trend is this with men, we all have a fire within us, right? And that fire oftentimes burns hot at one point or another and we burn ourselves or we burn someone else or somebody else's fire burns us, which when we dig into projections, likely that was our own fire feeding off of theirs and burning us. So then in an effort to play it safe, we squelch our own flame. We put it out. We put a lid over the fire pit. We douse it with water. And, and a lot of guys will leave it at that. 
and they'll still end up finding some sort of success in life. But that, that flame, that true sense of passion and purpose has been squelched. And while it might still be lit, they have this feeling in the back of their head that there's something more. And mastery comes when we can rekindle it and then take it out, put it on sticks and juggle our own fire and learn to dance with it, swallow the fire. And that is, that's the trend that I see is we, especially as men, we have this uptick in hormones and these angry days. We've done something in the past where it's like, well, now I don't really trust myself. And it, it can be daunting to lean into that because vulnerability is what creates connection with others. But in order for that to happen, we got to be vulnerable with ourselves first. And that requires radical honesty. And in order to do that, we might have to look at some stuff that isn't all that comfortable. Like one of my stories I worked, I hospitalized my father when I was 17 years old. Uh, he caught me smoking and my dad wasn't ever, this is the first time he ever put hands on me, but uh, he put me up against the wall by my neck and I tried swinging at him and I had pulled off cause I didn't want to hit him. And he grabbed a stick broke a piece of my spoiler on my Camaro off. Um, I went to go around back to get my mom and he's like, you're not going anywhere and got my face. And I was 17. I was bigger than him at the time. And I was still scared because uh, he was 27. When I, so what's 17, 27. He's still in his forties. Um, and my dad grew up a hard ass. Like his dad wasn't around. His mom was a bipolar alcoholic. Uh, he could fight. And, uh, I swiped him, put my hands around his neck, ankle around his, pushed him down the driveway. And the next thing I remembered was I'm over him and his eyes are rolling in the back of his head and there's blood on his face. And he 32 stitches in his face, a broken nose and four staples in the back of his head, 17 years old. I didn't hit people after that all that much. And when I did. And they went down, it scared me. Um, that being said, you shouldn't go around hitting people. There's other, other ways to resolve things, which I've learned with the power of language. And that instance right there, as opposed to having the wherewithal, and I was 17, would, I, would anyone at 17 have had the wherewithal? Who knows? But having the wherewithal to lean into that experience and heal and dress that wound before it came, became a scab that would have to be picked off down the road. Uh, I didn't have that. So what did I do? I put my flame out and I, I, I buried that flame that kept trying to come back up. I put it out over and over again, or let it burn hot via fitness. Yeah. I, uh, it, it's, I, I feel like, <clears throat> and this might not be the right word for it, but I feel like probably we are all addicts of some sort. There's, there's some, there's something, right. It's, it's fitness, it's alcohol, it's drugs, it's food, it's whatever it is. It's sex. Like, like any, there's literally, I think everybody has their go-to thing. Maybe disagree, but it's like, I, cause I think a lot, I think about this a lot with myself. Like I, <clears throat> I grew up around alcoholism. I've never, I've never drank. I saw enough of it to, to know that that wasn't, that was a bad idea for me. Like I, I feel like I know if I did, I would be an alcoholic. Like I just, I don't. And so I luckily never did. Um, but you know, there's a, you know, it's fitness, it's what, whatever. It's like, you know, my wife jokes, it's like, I don't eat, <laughs> I do a lot with fitness, but I also, if there's a package of cookies, I don't eat a cookie. I eat like, a lot of cookies and then I'm like I gotta work out to get these up you know I, yeah. I work out to to not you know to not uh, gain weight from that but so I mean I, but I do I feel like there's the more I think about it the more I think like we all have a thing we all have and and maybe that thing is is the thing that we're using to to put that fire or you know keep that fire at bay or you know whatever yeah. you know it, maybe I'm totally off base here with oh no yeah I I, I agree with that assessment. And the question becomes, 
when you feel the need, the question I would ask is when we feel the need to put that at bay, when there's the need to have a drink, to uh, roll a joint, to go for a run, to lift heavy weights, to turn up angry music and pretend that it's all everybody else's fault. What is the emotion? Yeah. And then, and for anybody listening, you can run through this exercise. What is the emotion that comes up and where does it present in the body? Because when we do that, okay, when's the earliest time we can remember feeling that emotion? Because that earliest memory likely is still playing. If, if, we, if we go, oh yeah, this comes up, that's still in our subconscious. And then we go in with the four-step story work process, the enlifted method, um, and we clear it out. And we, we write it down. And then we talk it out loud. We talk it out loud slower. And then we talk it out loud. We speak it out loud. We read the story with a breath in between each sentence. And the four-step method, um, have you had anybody lay out the four-step method? Did Dave do it when he was here? Um, no, not. I mean, maybe... Yeah. I, not in that uh, sense. So I actually would love for you to yeah. put, you know, put that out there for us. Yeah, definitely. Because I've, this is something you guys can follow. At one of my current clients, he four-stepped a story and then reached out because he wanted help with where the coach comes in and flipping the perception and flipping the words in it. Um, but just getting a story out, four-stepping it and airing it out is extremely powerful. So when an emotion comes up, and it could be from something recent in life, some work, something goes wrong, uh, something with a spouse or a kid, that's fine. That's how it presents on the surface. When's the earliest time we can remember feeling that? What does that emotion, that feeling in the body remind us of? And it may not always remind us of something. Sooner or later, it does, though. Whatever it reminds you of, write that story out. That's a specific instance, like the time dad uh, yelled at me, uh, the time my mom tried to stab me, uh, the time I got hit by a ball and t-ball, uh, when my mom used to shame me for not being the right size of a cheerleader. These are all examples I've heard. Write it out as it happened with the detail. Write it all out. Don't write down like Sally in her journal when she's 12 years old, like they were such a jerk and I can't believe you can throw a little bit of that in there and write it down how it happened with as much detail as you can remember. Check in with yourself when you get done writing it out. How you feeling? Where's the emotion? Are there any other memories tied to that emotion now? And do that same check-in after every step. Then... You read it out loud, conversational pace, top to bottom. See what happens when you read it out loud. And this is where the Enlifted Method, having it on paper so you can see it. These steps are where on a Google document with myself and my clients. This is where you end up really creating clarity because you go to like traditional talk therapy or just talk somebody something out with your friends. You're just talking about it. You can't see what's going on. So you, you talk through it. You speak that story out loud, conversational. Check in again. That's step two. Step three, read it out loud slowly. If you are talking slow enough for it to feel awkward, then that's the right speed. And this is really going to make you sit in it. A lot of times, especially for emotionally charged stuff, I see people on that first read, they go through it and they'll completely gloss over words or add things in, little context to things, you know, verbally. And then when they slow it down, it's like, oh, oh. And that's, we'll start seeing some light bulbs go off. And it's different for everyone. Sometimes the biggest emotional release is just titling the story for people. And the rest of it is just, whatever, we're just airing it out now. Now, what we need is a pattern interrupt and we want to downregulate because so many people are going through life in a, a sympathetic nervous system state, fight, flight, or freeze. 
and these stories keep us there. So we want to go parasympathetic, rest and digest, if we will. Um, if you're, if you, if your poop's funny, if it's too hard, too soft, you're going too much, not often enough. That's often, oftentimes it could be a food thing, but if you're eating well enough, a nervous system thing, a dysregulated nervous system. So we read it again, slowly, matter of fact, and we breathe at each period and each comma, and sometimes at the ands. So you read a sentence and then you take a big breath all the way down to your belly and then length on the exhale. And that's a belly breath. Your, your belt line should get tighter. Your waistband should get tighter as you breathe. After that, those four steps, uh, like I said, one of my current clients, he four-stepped a story about his, his alcoholism. Uh, and he reached out to me because I'm a co-host of the Getting Lifted podcast. We've been messaging. And like he four-stepped that, and he had a big release on his own. And then he realized that there was more to it, and he wanted to move forward. But that is a tool that everybody can take and use at home. And I've heard when I've laid this out on podcasts, I've gotten messages before people tell me that they aired a story out, something that was going on that week in their life with their parents or their spouse, and that uh, it helped. So it's very, the Enlifted Method is a practical mindset tool. You can practice it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's fascinating. And it, well, you said, you said, you know, read it slow enough that it feels awkward and it seems like it would really feel awkward. And I guess what's, why, like, why would we, is that just so you're, you're really, you know, experiencing every single word? Is that kind of the idea behind that or every, you know, paraphrase? Think about when people talk about something that's emotionally charged. Man, they're such a jerk. I don't know why they did that. It's just such a thing. I don't know. They didn't see anything that came out of their mouth, much less hear it. They talk so fast and they just, it goes from the back of their head out their mouth without any space between their reaction and their response. So their stimulus, they react. And then the response is the exact same as that knee jerk reaction. And they don't hear, they don't see the words. So yeah, that's slowing it down. Exactly. It, it helps us to sit in it and slowing it down will have us naturally start slowing our breath down and down regulate a little more. And oftentimes that's where I see people start to have these light bulb moments. Also, when you slow it down and you're doing that slow read when, and this often is where a, an outside perspective comes in because it's difficult to pick up if it is an emotionally charged story. When you, when you're reading it slow and then you read a sentence faster and then you read another one slow, there's likely something to unpack behind that one sentence because we wanted our, our nervous system went, Nope, don't sit with that one. I guess. And this may be my question is what about you said, you know, you're supposed to think of the first time you remember that feeling. Right. Like mm -hmm. think, you know, try in like even in traditional therapy, people which have I've done it before, and it's people's like, what did you know what happened? You know, the, the the sort of cliche, like what happened in your childhood kind of thing. And I and maybe this is this will answer my second question, but basically, what about those things that you can't remember? Because I know that we do we we block things out, right? Like so selective memory sort of block those things out and then my second question the reason i'm going to just jump right to it because they might be related is how do you know when to, to get a coach involved and, and i'm wondering if that's the answer to that that question but uh you know that that's kind of my my line of thinking there um <clears throat> yes the coach can help when it comes to that because coaches will a, a good coach will have the right questions they'll have some answers and more more often more so they will have even better questions. That being said, one, one, of the, one of the reasons, one of the really important reasons that this system is so effective and that I practice it is because it downregulates our nervous system and takes us out of that fight, flight, or freeze, super protective state. 
I have had clients remember whole 18 month relationships that they had ended out of their life when we were doing work on past relationships. Once we started reading and breathing, I go, okay, what is, what does that remind you of? Like, oh, I lived with that guy. I don't, cause I, I do work with some women. Um, I, I lived with him. I can't, rem- oh, wow. And he treated me like crap at that wedding that we went to together. Like, so oftentimes it comes out uh, from down-regulating. Uh, and another, another way to answer that, if, if anyone wants to dive into other modalities, find a psychedelic practitioner. You'll crack your brain wide open. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah <laughs> I suppose that's probably true. Um, okay, so w- when you're coaching someone, how do you tie how do you tie the fitness in? right? So you know is it a, is it a, is it a scenario that you're just you happen to know both worlds and so you you know it's, you were able to talk to both things? or do you have a sp- specific techniques where you know you're uh, incorporating fitness with the you know lifted method or how do you how do you put that all together for people? Awesome question. <clears throat> so I've tried doing both on their own. I've tried taking on only fitness clients and I tried taking on only story work and lifting method clients. And what I've come to realize is it's center what I knew and what has been reinforced by attempting to take those standalone clients is that this is all synergistic. While no fitness is not therapy, it is an important part of moving energy because if we look at um, the body as a conduit, for energy and uh, the emotional body for stored traumas, the limbic system. Uh, we, we want to have a clear conduit, uh, a clean channel to be able to move that energy because trauma stores in our tissues. So there is, there, there is something to that therapeutic side of fitness. And until we take a look at those things and truly address them, that stuff's going to stay swimming around in our tissue. You know, so um, how I do it, is I, I was doing it case by case. I still do to an extent. Um, I still take one-on-one clients if they'd rather. And what I do now is I have a, a, a group ran program, a cohort model, and my one-on-one clients and my group guys all get access to the Primal Man Pathway online program. And that has six modules on identity from things with the words uh, and breath, journaling, uh, all kinds of pieces. There's three more there for uh, action, celebrating your wins, stuff like that. Cause you know how many people can't take a compliment? We'll come back to that. Uh, and then lifestyle, there's six modules on lifestyle and it's all any, anybody can overcomplicate something. Usually anybody is a much meaner word and I'm feeling nice today. Um, <laughs> you know, you, it's really easy to overcomplicate things. And what I've done with the Primal Man Pathways, I've taken a couple of, the, probably two, three years ago now, I added up and I'd spent 60, 70K on fitness and mindset search. And there's been more since then. So I've taken that investment and simplified all the best pieces of it and given these tools in video module format and then weekly group calls and three to four, depending on the individual, usually three is enough in 12 weeks. Sometimes we go four, sometimes guys stick around for a while longer. I've had individuals do 20 calls with me. Um, and inside the 12 weeks, generally three calls uh, where we clear some stuck on the first two. And by the third one, we're celebrating some wins. We're owning our power. And that is how we incorporate it. There are workouts that go along with the whole 12 weeks. And part of what I help guys do is figure out how to integrate movement into their life. We are currently building out a rhythm module, our daily rhythm. So it'll be sleep, blue light, and it'll also be play. It'll be daily walks outside. It'll be getting barefoot in the earth. All the pieces, because yeah, I lift weights five days a week and movement can be much less structured than that if we want it to be. So long answer. No, no, that's great. I mean, that's, that's exactly, I, and interesting, just, 
a, a little bit of a side, as you, you mentioned that, you know, movement, movement can take many forms, right? And so it depends on, you know, who, you, you know, if you, if you start coaching someone who's never worked out before in their life, like you can't send them to lift weights five times a week. Like that's, that's probably just going to destroy them. And, and interestingly, like, I don't know, it's probably been a month or two ago, I finished 75 hard the first time I'd ever done it. And because in my life, to me, fitness was always like intense. It was either like a hard workout at the gym or I was playing soccer. I used to run track. Like it was always, it's always like essentially just like pushing myself basically as hard as I could during whatever it was. And then it, and then it was, okay, now you have to do 45 minute workout twice a day for the next 75 days in a row. And I was like, I, my first thought was like, I'm 47. I can't, there's no way I can do that. Like, cause in my, cause I'm thinking I have to, they all have to be the workouts right. that I'm used to do, like that I've always wanted to, that I always thought qualified as working out. And so like, I had to a lot, like, I guess, allow myself to be okay that sometimes that workout was a brisk walk with the dog or what, like the family or what, you know, like, and it was, it was funny that like once I kind of wrapped my head around letting that be okay, it was really enjoyable. Like it was, really, it was really just like all of a sudden I was like, I told my wife, I was like, I really like these walks. Like just kids go to bed and I'm like, I'm just going to go walk for 45 minutes or I would get up at, you know, 4 a.m. and be like, I'm going to do a walk this morning when it, you know, to get. And it was like, I just really started to enjoy it. And it was kind of a, a crazy thing to like, that, that almost any movement can have the same impact yeah. as like just you know going as hard as you possibly can for an hour or whatever yeah i mean daily walks are you know for anybody trying to stay healthy and even if you were focused on body composition daily walks are the ticket uh my my whoop strap reads a 45 minute walk at at least a high of a strain as usually my 60 minute uh weightlifting sessions you know, I got a 70 pound, a 60 pound dog pulling on me and, you know, it's, yeah. it's work. You know, my heart rate will be up above 110, one, near around 120 the whole time. Like for 45 minutes, that's solid, steady state, low yeah. intensity cardio. Yeah. 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 Walking a dog, pushing a stroller, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll be, put, whatever I'll be pushing the a stroller is. soon. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's just, a something you know so just moving and it does it it's it's just doing something and, it, and yeah so i i just i mean i guess that's just a whatever of a, a personal observation but i was fascinated by how much the the exercise the type of exercise and movement that i thought was not didn't really count right it was like if i, I in my head i was like if i didn't really if I'm not exhausted afterwards and like really, really beat, then it probably didn't count, but it's like, well, no, I can do that sometimes, but also like those walks and like, I did some yeah. like yoga videos and just stuff that was like really never what I had experienced before. And I was like, this is kind of amazing to just be like wrap it all in together. So yeah, I, I think, um, it, again, just, you know, sort of my observation, but the, the thing, like, just giving this stuff a try, people getting, getting into it and, and having a coach to help you, you know, make that transition, I think is, is gotta be, it, I mean, it's, well, I know it, it's, it's phenomenal. It's, it's a really great, great path to take. I've started clients with only <clears throat> breath work and going for walks for like a month on end. And they see massive changes in comfort in their body fitness levels like just get outside and walk you guys yeah. i would actually much prefer someone start walking than running because when we start looking at running and how jacked people's hips and ankles are from living a sedentary lifestyle running is more of a high skill movement that a lot of people give it credit for mm -hmm. and if we just go buy a pair of running shoes from you know, dicks and then put them on and go start running after 10 years of a sedentary lifestyle. It, it, it could go a few different ways. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. I mean, even, even for someone who's, uh, basically been exercising my entire life, it's still like, like there's a lot that goes into having the right shoes and do, and you can, you can certainly do some, do some harm that'll, it won't, it, 
let's put it this way. It won't make you want to do it anymore. It won't make you think, yeah, that was a, I'm glad I took up running. Like you, you mm-hmm. really need to kind of put some thought into it. And then I think a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase, I, I told you, I love, this is a, a great conversation. I love this stuff, but I also don't want to keep here all day. Um, you know, I'm gonna... I, I, if, if, if you're open to it, I'd love to talk on the, the wins thing real quick. Cause yeah, yeah, I, I glossed over it. No, um, if, if I could interrupt you there, because uh, no, I, I feel called to, uh, you know, one of the last modules of mine is celebrating wins. And so last thing I do with guys on their calls, because how many people are absolutely horrible at taking a compliment, you know, and Hey, you did a great job there. Oh no, it's no, it's no big thing. Yeah. You know, Hey, you know, that's, Oh, that's an awesome shirt. Oh, thanks. I got it on sale. You know, like I grew up in the Midwest, like these, like brushing things off, that's second nature around here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I, I yep. know it well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and when we can get to the point that we can hear a compliment and say, thank you and believe it. Oh man, that's powerful. Like that is a game changer. And we're taught so often humility and this humility comes across in plain small. And we end up again, locking our power away and we, we brush off the, our accomplishments and the things we do or the nice things people have done for us or said about us. I was less than a year into running my gym. When uh, one of my clients said, you were meant to coach like at a high level. I was like, cool. Thank you. And I, like, I, I, I brushed it off though and said like, now I'd be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you can own things and be confident in yourself without being coming across as egotistical. And I'd even, I'd even go as far to say that it, there's a good chance that most people that come across as egotistical and bragging don't actually believe themselves, much less other people when they say it. Yeah, hundred percent agree. I think, yeah, I think that oftentimes uh, the people that tend to at least try to appear most outwardly confident probably that's a, a facade for, you know, their own insecurities on the inside. And it's, it's, it's hard to see, it's hard to, it's hard to see past that, I guess, sometimes. And um, yeah, I, I think, I love that it's a, it's a part of your program because it is, again, it's like, I hate to keep making this about me, but it is, it's a hard thing. People, you know, people say nice things and it's like, I can't even look at them. Like, I just get, <laughs> I get, I get really embarrassed and I'm like, I don't, it, even, I mean, even the things that I, that I believe, like even the things that I'm like, I think that's right. But I also like, I don't want to, I, I feel weird when you say that, you know? And it's, so I think being able to celebrate, uh, celebrate those wins and, 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 you know, I guess believe in yourself uh, when it comes down to it, I, th- I think is a big part of it. So it's a excellent that that's, you know, I think that's a, I don't know that I've heard that be a part of necessarily a lot of the you know, a, a specific focus of a lot of the coaching programs. So I think that's pretty cool. Appreciate that. Um, for you or for anybody listening, next time somebody gives you a compliment, just look them dead in the eye, take a breath, inhale, long exhale, and say, thank you. Yeah. You, could, you could add on to it if you want. Just thank you. I appreciate you seeing me in that light. I've heard individuals say, I appreciate you seeing me how I wish to be seen. That's, I mean, that's powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really is. That's a, even, I, yeah, just, I think saying, you know, and, and obviously, you know, the, the language that we use is a big part of, of your program. It's a big part of the Inlifted Coaches. And the, what you just said, I think, I mean, you know, I, I like, I felt that it's like, you know, thank you for seeing me the way that I want to be seen, I think is a really powerful thing to allow yourself to believe that you do want to be seen, like you, that you want to be seen as great at something or what, you know what I mean? Like in whatever light it is, you, you want to be seen that way. So I think that's a, a, a actually pretty amazing example of the language that we use. Yeah. Uh, and when you own your wins, you'll start to realize that it was likely you holding you back from success because if we're unable to own our current wins, then there's a good chance that we're scared of the next level because that would mean that we're actually capable of more. 
and then we'll we'll have to own that. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I do, I do want to get to ask you at least some of the questions that I ask uh, most coaches because <laughs> I think, or most coaches, most guests, because I think that um, they're they're important to to what you do as well. Yeah. But um, the first one, the name of the show is Know Your Why. So I always like to make sure I ask every single guest, you know, what is your why? What what's your uh, you know, driving purpose for you right now, Chase? <clears throat> because men have been asleep at the wheel for too long. They were told to go to school, get the job, get the piece of paper, marry the girl, buy the house, have the kids, and then buy the red Corvette when the kids go off to school and you all of a sudden have to deal with the noise in your head, drown it out with the car. And we're done. That's over. Now we get to find out who we truly are create a truly expressed masculine with a balance between masculine and feminine, which will be different for each individual and, and get to live and by our own guiding North star. Love it. I love it. Um, yeah, it's so, it, it really is just a, it's very powerful. It's very powerful to, you know, th think about, approaching these things uh, in our lives before we're at the red Corvette stage, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, like, like, like my kids are very young and, and I don't know, maybe it's because I've gotten the, the opportunity to talk to enough people like yourself on this podcast, but, but I have become more and more and more aware of myself and the, the, the parts of me that I do and don't want to pass on to my kids. I, there's, there's, I know everybody has good and bad. I, and, and I, like, I want to do my very best to, to show them how to, how to believe in themselves and be, be, be kind. I mean, like, really, it's like where it comes right down to it. And so I think uh, this stuff is, is that's why I, I just really love these conversations. And I I'm very passionate about it because I think it's like, again, it's for me, it's like, okay, it's, it's cool to implement into implement it in my life. But if I can teach my son how to, you know, be comfortable in his masculinity and my daughter, how to, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, uh, I don't know how to be a woman, but I know how to, I want to be able to be a man that she can look up to and, and find, you know, in her life or, you know, partner, whatever it is. I, I just, I want to be an example to them in, in a positive way. So it, it does make you aware of your own, you know, the language that we're using with ourselves, whatever it is, just you know, mm -hmm. things that come out of my mouth. And I'm like, shouldn't say that. That's not the way we should say that. Or I hear them say things and it's like, we don't, we don't need to talk that way. Like, 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 you know, we, we have never thought of we would do, but like we have affirmation books for my son. Like he's old enough that we read books together and stuff. And it's like, we read books about, I am strong. I'm, and it's just like, it's stuff that I, that's why like, having these conversations has been so great for me and I hope for the listeners too, but like selfishly, I'm just like, this is amazing for me, I but it. I love to, I love to now be like, wow, this really does. It's impactful for me just to have these conversations. So it like my son's three, like, like look at all the time he has that we can really like build, build on all of this. So it, it's, it's very exciting. Um, I want, I definitely want to get to this question how can people reach you when people hear this and they want to connect? What, what's the best way? Instagram is the quickest and easiest way at coach underscore chase underscore Tolleson, uh, chase Tolleson.com. You can book a call there and you can also sign up for, I send out weekly update emails. So if you're kind of tiptoeing around wondering what it's all about, each of those weekly updates has a fresh testimonial because every time we get on a group call, one of the guys has something new and cool going on. So uh, if you guys want to get in on that, see what's going on there. Those are the, the main two spots. Awesome. Awesome. Final question for you, Chase. A lot of times this gets related to real estate on this show, but um, I just would love to get, you know, piece of advice from you that related to someone who, you know, they're, they're trying to make a change. They're trying to kind of, get rewrite those stories you know sort of really get get uh turned around what, what would you what would you tell them what would you 
what advice would you give them to encourage them? Action dispels overwhelm. If you're thinking about it, do it. There are two, two, two keys to success in any endeavor in life. You start and you keep going. So if you're thinking about make a change, thinking about it, that's soft talk, right? I'm thinking about it. Take out the soft talk and make the change. And then from there, you can figure out which steps to take, whether you're going to do it on your own or hire a coach, whether it's going to be something where you're reading and journaling, or if you're, you know, opening it up with fitness or what, but um, take the step because I can promise you, and I'll, it's been a while since I've pulled this analogy out. Most people are walking over life or walking through life as if they're walking on gravel road barefoot and they're used to the gravel under their feet. It's uncomfortable. It is what it is though. Just to the right of the road, there's about five yards of burning hot coals. And on the other side of the coals, there's this plush beach, perfect temperature, sand, some fresh grass, the best kind of things you could walk on barefoot, right? You're going to be so comfortable. Walk over the coals because it's better on the other side. Love it. Couldn't, couldn't end this uh, in a better way. That's perfect. Um, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for everything that you shared. It was awesome. Uh, I know, I know that uh, people will get a ton of uh, value out of this, and and I, I appreciate you you being here. I really do. So thank you. Thank Jason. you, Jason. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.